Hey, bosses, wanting to tell you about a way you can connect with other Travel Like a Boss podcast listeners, talk about travel, online business, and discuss previous episodes as well as suggest future guests. Join our Facebook group, Travel Bosses, by going to facebook.com and searching for Travel Like a Boss podcast, clicking like, and clicking join group. Join our digital nomad Travel Bosses group today. Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey guys, this is Johnny, and welcome to episode 248 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Very excited today, talking to an old friend, Mike Chang. Welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here, man. Bro, I am so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, you guys might recognize him from a former life six-pack shortcuts, but Mike's been on up to so much more since then, and I just want to catch up. Do you remember actually how we first met and when that was? <laughs> Man, <laughs> that was uh, Houston. I, oh. I remember Houston at Qual's place, our friend Qual, and <laughs> I remember I was bouncing, bouncing at the club, <laughs> you know, and uh, you rolled you rolled out with me one night, and uh, oh man, it was uh, just crazy times, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember some of them. <laughs> what what year was that? How long ago was that, bro? That was that's gotta, you know, that's gotta be like about ten years ago. Like I would say close to about ten years ago now. Yeah, so this was right before you you guys even started Six Pack Shortcuts. I remember I yeah. was in the house when you guys were meal prepping and sneaking out to what was it was it 24 hour fitness what, what what gym was that at that you guys would just like go at like 2 a.m to film when nobody was there <laughs> that might that's probably 24 i think yeah yeah i think wow man oh, so long ago and it's crazy because i i remember i was like there eating your meal preps but instead of leaning out and uh, and working out and being on the diet i was just eating like two or three of them then having a burrito and like <laughs> Sitting on the couch <laughs> with Raymond. Oh, man. Oh, that was crazy. And, I mean, like, so I also remember you were a personal trainer at the time, too. I was uh, I was working for LA Fitness, uh, a gym at the time, and I was a training general manager. My job was actually to sell, was to sell training packages and also run, run the uh, training department at the gym. And I remember I was doing really well. And, uh, but I wanted to, I wanted to build my own business. So I left when I was at the, when I was at the peak, you know, I just won this contest. I had a really nice bonus check and two weeks later I just, I was out and, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, that was was a big, uh, yeah, that was a big, uh, like decision. I mean, and did you, cause I remember when you guys first, you know, had this idea, you, you know, you and Dan were like, we're going to be the number one uh, fitness YouTube channel. And even back then, in like 2008 or 2009, there was a lot of fitness channels on YouTube. But I was like, there is no <laughs> way these guys are going to get number one. Like, they were like, I, I just didn't see the possibility. It's like today in 2020, you know, if somebody wants to start, you know, like a anything, right, on YouTube, it's saturated. It's like, you know, do you want, like, it's, it, it'd be like me saying I want to be the number one, uh, you know, e-commerce channel, the number one yoga channel, the number one, you know, cooking channel. People, you know, would look at you like... It is so saturated. How are you going to compete? Did you have any of those fears when you guys started with that? You know, um, we didn't. Uh, we didn't really. We didn't have fears on anything because our main. Our main goal. 
wasn't really uh, it wasn't to be number one in the beginning. Over time, it that became more of the more of the goal we were chasing. At first, it was like, all right, let's just let's just go ahead and aim to make. I think it was like seven seven thousand dollars a month each. Like if we can make seven thousand dollars a month each, woohoo! All right, you know, bills are covered. We've got some extra spending money. Mm. Life is good. And so we worked, we worked, and I remember when we hit that goal, and it was like, all right, man, we we're yeah, we're we're doing we're doing more than fifteen grand a month now, you know, and covering all the expenses. How long did that take? That was uh, after we launched. Uh, I think within about within about four or five months, about four or five months, we were we were somewhere around there, I believe. Yeah, about four about four or five months because it took a it, it took a couple months to kind of get the metrics down to be able to start scaling and things like that. So hmm. after that, I remember we hit that, and from there we were hitting milestones, hitting higher milestones about every other month, and it was just like constant climb. You know, we we got the machine down, we got the foundation down. Yeah, and, and I remember you guys just out of nowhere just blew up. But it, it must have been, I mean, was it from the start you guys were like, okay, this is gaining traction? Or did it take a few months to even like, you know, get your first, you know, thousand uh, subscribers? Uh, when we first started, the the model was was to basically use YouTube as a marketing platform and just, and just advertise to go ahead and get sales. And just advertise the videos, drive the, promote the videos to go ahead and get sales. The subscribes kind of kind of came just as a default, and then later on we started to find out if we go ahead and drive people directly to the to the main page to the channel page, you know, get them to be a subscriber first, and just do that as like the uh, as the call to action, you know, and then from there go ahead and do a remarketing remarketing strategies to go ahead because once okay. they start watching videos, so so I mean it, uh, yeah, there was a there was a lot of moving parts. I wouldn't say. Uh, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of all the because it was it was such a while ago, and honestly, I wasn't the one that was yeah. uh, running all. It was uh, Dan. It was Daniel Rose that was running the traffic yeah. on YouTube. You know, he was really really good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's had a lot of ex- internet marketing experience before that. And I think from an outside point of view, looking in, I was trying to figure out like, how did you guys get so big? And I think it was two things. One was there was never a there was never good quality f- free content on YouTube for fitness back then. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there is now. Um, you know, back then, like, you know, it was either just really terrible, <laughs> like, film content or, like, so low quality content or they were just selling something right away. And you guys actually gave, you know, really good, you know, quality workouts. And then you, as a persona, people really connected with you. You know, you were very genuine, you're very authentic. And I know you in person and I know that's exactly the way you are. Like, you really care. You want people to succeed. You want people to be, you know, to be happy. You know, it's not just, you're not just putting the, the smile on for camera. And, you know, I've followed some of your workouts, you know, like I, I think I still have uh, a bookmarked, um, like one of your bicep workouts kind of randomly. And I actually remember saving it to a playlist and accidentally having it be public on my, my channel. <laughs> so in like the wrong folder in like my travel uh, playlist or something. So people were like, why, why does Johnny have this random Mike Chang video in his <laughs> on his YouTube channel? But yeah, I've gotten a lot of value from it. And I know just like hearing, you know, reading comments and hearing from people that a lot of people have been inspired because of you to start working out and start their fitness journey and take it to the next level. But at the same time, I also know it wasn't easy being the face of it and, you know, needing to keep it because like, I don't, I I think a lot of people don't realize this, but it's fucking hard to stay lean year round. Most of the fitness comp- the competitors that you see in movie stars, they do like a crazy crash diet, a crazy cut, 
they they take the photos, they film the movie, and then they just chill. But you like you like this like you guys did this what for like what a couple years straight? Yeah, for um for about six years. <coughs> yeah, I mean now it's almost like a, it's almost like a standard. Like we we created a standard on YouTube to for especially for fitness that you know to be shirtless. You know, it's almost like you know you gotta you know part of it is the knowledge, and the other part is like you gotta embody what it is you're teaching. You know, and so. Now, now I feel like there's so many people on there. It's like the default, the default look is like they're shirtless, either they're talking or they're working out, but they got to be shirtless and their credibility, a lot of it comes from the way they look. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big standard, um, especially for working out. And I think uh, that was tough. Yeah. And what about like the, the comments? Cause I, even though so many people, I would say that even though the vast majority of the comments were positive, you know, people were, you know, saying like, thanks so much for this, you know, free workout, you know, man, you're in such good shape. You're inspiring me. There's always going to be the like 1% or, you know, maybe it's even less, maybe it's like 0.001%, you know, one out of a thousand comments, but those haters freaking stab. It's like walking by a hundred people smiling at you, but one person has a knife and stabs you in the back as you're walking by how did that feel you know i i even at that time i was learning a lot about law of attraction and the simple fact of just paying attention to what i want to create and don't give attention to what i didn't want and so i just ignored them i just ignored them i didn't comment back i was aware that they were there and i just didn't care i just kept focusing on where i wanted where i wanted the company to go what i wanted to, to create and so I just didn't give any attention Dude, to it. Good job, man. That, that's something I'm still working on today. And like, you know, my channel's not nearly as big, but I still get, you know, hundreds of comments sometimes. And, you know, one out of the hundred is going to be someone, you know, a hater, right? And it might be some fat dude in his mom's basement that's never done, you know, accomplished anything in his life. But behind a keyboard, you know, he sounds like everyone else. You know, he has the same soapbox as everyone else. And for me, it's been really hard. I mean, it's something I, I've gotten much better with now, you know, but I used to take everything so personally, you know, like 90 people can say like, Johnny, thanks so much for this information. It's really good. You know, it's helped me. It's inspired me. You changed my life. And then one person could say, Johnny, you're a piece of crap, you know, and what they say might not even be true, but that might be, you know, they might take a grain of truth, right? They say like, Johnny, like you, you know, mm -hmm. you're wearing a blue shirt. So that means you must be, you know, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like whatever, like whatever some stupid thing is like, Johnny, you're in Thailand. So you must be X, Y, Z or Johnny, you're this. So you must be whatever. And it just hurts. And I'm like, I don't know this person, you know, they're probably not someone I would even listen to if I met them in person. You know, I'd probably look at them like, why is this like, you know, fat couch potato, you know, with no job living in his mom's basement like that's unhappy probably you know trying to tell me how to live my life when you know he doesn't know me uh what he's saying you know ma you know majorly is not true but it still hurts man like it still really hurts me you know i find that i was actually making a video on this on this topic you know i was uh, i was live on instagram just a few hours ago and uh one of the questions that came in was you know how do you deal with haters and you know a lot of times we like to think that there's some scrub, there's some person that just has a terrible life, and so don't pay attention to them. And that could be true, but sometimes they are just a normal person, you know, but they just simply don't like something about us and things like that. They go and comment. But I, I, I learned, like, in the deeper, like, deeper behind that, 
people that are actively talking shit, actively just creating negativity and hate comments, they're they're upset. They're not. It's not that they're upset at you or upset at me. They're upset at themselves. They're angry. You know, they're angry and they're hurt. And so when somebody's in like that that emotional state, the only thing that can express is the same thing that they have inside. And so whether or not it's to you or it's to their sister or to their friend or something, unless you know, it's like if they can find a, a find a way to express it, they will. And it's not it's not anything. That's why when I started to learn this, I was like, man, it's not anything. It's not even towards me because they'll do it on everybody else's channel. They'll do it to people they meet. They'll do it to some random person on the road. And I started to have compassion towards them. You know, I started to realize, like, man, these people are just, um, you know, they're suffering inside. And if they could help it, they would just let go of this anger and then they'll just be chilling. But the fact is, they don't know how to do it. They haven't done it yet. And so that's just kind of how they're, you know, how they're, how they're living. You know? Yeah, that's... That's it's a good okay. point. I yeah. think it was maybe it was Joe Rogan or someone who said, you know, he, he used to listen to some of the the comments and be like, ah, maybe you know, maybe I should learn from this. But then he would click in to see what else this guy has said in other groups or in other you know videos or whatever it was. And it was always like that. It was like it was all negative. And like I even, I mean, you know, I even caught myself being negative sometimes. Like if I'm having a really terrible day for whatever reason, and I'm you know watching some YouTube video, I might be like, oh man, this pizza looks like crap. You know, like <laughs> and. I, all of a sudden, I'm like, why did I write that, number one? And then, second, what happened to my grammar? Like, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't even me. Like, it was just, like, some angry guy talking trash about pizza. <laughs> like, saying, like, your pizza sucks or whatever. I, I didn't even eat the pizza. And, like, and, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like, it's very little of it is has anything to do with us personally uh, it is mostly because they are suffering in their life and they're unhappy in other aspects and this is like the one way to lash out or you know maybe even try to drag other people down too so they can feel the way they feel and so they're not alone you know and yeah you no know, they're not even consciously yeah. doing that it's like it's like if they had a choice they, they don't sit there and think like who am i going to yeah. bring down today and who am i going to go ahead and get mad at today they're not even thinking that that's the thing it's like you know, when you're mad, imagine like the last time you're angry and because you're angry, you're walking around everybody that you look at, that energy inside of you directing at them, the way you the way your eyes look, the way your posture looks, it all resembles anger. And you may not even know who the stranger is you just walk by, but they may feel that anger coming off of you. And you didn't go, I'm going to get angry at all these people as I walk. No, you're just you're just being angry. And it just gets expressed on wherever we direct our attention. And. You know, this is a this is something that no matter no matter who it is, every single human is dealing with these type of things. And honestly, man, that's why that's why I took the hiatus. That's why I left for so many years, and I went in because after six pack, I reached a a level of success, and I was I was uh you know I was really grateful, and I was really. I had everything that I wanted, bro. Everything on the outside was like as perfect as can be. I basically hit my what I would consider the American dream for the most part. Money, you know, fame, nice house, stuff, I, yeah. Money, yeah, all that stuff. But on the inside, I was so miserable. I was so stressed. And the funny thing is, I, I thought like what many people also think, which is being an entrepreneur and having a, having a big operation, it's kind of just, it got, it kind of comes with the game. You know, if you don't want that, you know, well, don't build it. Right. You got to get to be able to handle that heat. And so I thought, well, that's just the way it is. Nothing is wrong with my life. It's just how it is. And so I went and just stuck with it, but I was miserable. 
And when I finally had a realization of like what's actually happening, I realized like if I go and continue to pursue building this business, I'll reach a higher level of success. Everything would amplify, but nothing's going to change on the inside. And actually probably will get worse and worse because I was, I was going downhill on the inside while the outside seemed to be going uphill, you know? And I realized like, so what's the, what's the point? There's no point. I'm not going to get happier if I have more stuff on the outside. And so that's when I took a step back. I started leaving everything behind and I started going and I started to learn like, how do we really get, like, how do we get rid of anger? How do we get rid of anxiety? How do we actually get rid of being stressed? Get rid of the mind chatter in our head, the crazy judgment about ourselves and all this stuff. How do I get rid of not being attached to my body? So this way, if I gain an extra roll on my stomach, I don't freak out. And now I don't want to go outside because I don't want everybody to look at my midsection. Or I don't, I'm scared to take off my shirt now because I have an extra roll and everybody's expecting me to look completely leaned yeah. out. All of Especially things, in, in your case, being in front of the yeah. camera. Like I, I think I've read a comment. They're like, oh, this guy only has a five-pack now. Like, you know, what happened to his six-pack? This is you know, false yeah. advertising. <laughs> like. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, have you guys never had a pizza in the morning? Like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> but yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm sure that pressure got to you, right? I mean, like, you know, I mean, would you get recognized a lot too? Like, it was like would you able to like, you know, just go out and, yeah. and like live a normal life or like, 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 what was that like? Everywhere I went, man, everywhere I went, every single city of every single country I visited, I was getting recognized everywhere. And it was, uh, it wasn't something that was enjoyable because most of the time I'm just chilling. You know, I want to go to a grocery store. I want to go to, I want to go to Marshalls and go see what type of deals they got. I'm just gonna chill. I'm not wearing anything nice, and I don't. My hair is just all wacky, and the people come up to me, and it's like, and it wasn't like I was. Um, I didn't really care. I knew it just. It was kind of part of the game. Um, but uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't too enjoyable to be honest because I just didn't have any off time. There was no off time if you're being recognized everywhere. And I and I came to sense with it yeah. that it's just part of the trade off. You know, part of the trade off is I'm the one that's sharing the information, so people are going to see me, and so I'm helping a lot of people. And it would probably be a little different if it was other people other people sharing it. But there's a way that I share it that maybe people connect to. But the flip side is I will get recognized and I will lose a certain amount of of uh, privacy and i i came to terms with that many years ago about a year and a half in me and my me and my partner dan we were talking and i was telling him i was like man i just realized that as this keeps going like i'm gonna get recognized everywhere and they're like yeah <laughs> yeah that's gonna happen and i remember <laughs> just sitting there and having this realization uh -huh. i swear it didn't it never crossed my mind there wasn't this idea that mm. like People are going to recognize me. No, it's like, oh, we're going to we're going to promote this program. We're going to make a lot of money, and that's the end of it. And then, and I remember sitting there going, whoa, okay, like in my mind, just thinking, I didn't sign up for this, but what what can we do now, right? Everything, the whole structure. I'm the face yeah. of the company. These products, you know, the way we're promoting everything. I'm like, okay, all right, well, let's uh, let's just keep going with it. Um, yeah, because even though Dan Rose was in some of the videos, you are much more recognizable. Number one, you know, and you st first off, like you're, you know, you were the face of it. You're like the main guy. You know, he was in like a few videos, you know, here and there. But also, you know, like you're a big guy. You know, you're Asian. You're jacked, and it's just like instantly, you're like, yeah, that's Mike Chang. You know, versus if you see Dan walking in the airport and he's wearing his like baggy uh, sweatpants and he has his headphones on, his hair's done. He looks like some other, just some another Asian dude like walking by and like he's, he doesn't stand out as much. Did you, did you ever regret, you know, becoming, you know, I don't want to say becoming famous, but like, you know, 
you know, ha- you know, being out there and losing that privacy, or did you really come to terms with it, saying like, yeah, you know, that's oh, just the way it not, is? Not at all. No regrets at all. It uh, it it allowed me to grow so much as a person, you know. So no, nah, that was a, it was just part of the journey. That's just all part of the journey. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, and there's, there's something about YouTube and the, the connection that people get seeing, you know, the face and getting to know you over, you know, hours and hours of hearing your voice that really make, makes a connection. You know, it's funny with my podcast gets way more downloads than my YouTube channel, but, you know, nine times out of 10 or maybe 99 times out of 100, if someone comes up to me at an airport or in Chiang Mai or something, they're like, hey, you're that guy from YouTube. And it's always from YouTube. It's never like, hey, you're from JohnnyFD.com or, you know, you do the Travel Like a Boss podcast. <laughs> it's always 100%. They come up to me. I know they're, they're going to say, hey, you know, I watched your YouTube channel. And it's because, you know, they see your face. They see your mannerisms, you know, and they feel like they kind of know you in a, in, a, in a way almost like they're mm-hmm. watching TV. But the people I really like to actually talk to and get to know, the people that I'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to have lunch. Do you want to come join me? Are the people that listen to the podcast. Because I, I feel like those people, you know, even though – Someone could someone could have listened to a hundred episodes and not recognize me on the street because the photo on my cover is like ten years old and I'm wearing sunglasses and you know they just don't like they just don't really see me but they know me because this is a long form conversation with some of my you know best friends from years ago they follow the journeys so they really know me as a person and they still listen and thank you guys for listening and for subscribing those like you guys are the ones that actually know me as a person versus if someone watches a five minute YouTube clip, they know that mm-hmm. side of me that, that, you know, like that one layer. Do you ever feel like that was kind of the case with you where, you know, that was the one, you know, that is a, that was a big important part of your, your, your personality and you as a person, you know, the fitness side of it. But do you ever feel like, you know, people only knew that one little sliver of you and there was so much more. They big didn't time, <laughs> big time on that. Because I only, I was actually, I was not personal at all in any of the videos. It was purely, I'm going to create content that's going to help people. I'm going to share personal things in my life. Well, I'm going to share, like, people don't even know how old I was. They didn't know my birthday. They didn't know anything. Because I didn't share it. Because I was thinking, you're coming here to go and learn about what it is that I know about, about exercise and eating right and, and creating the creating your life, you know, it doesn't matter who I am. You don't even know things about me, you know, just what I know. And I remember my team kept telling me for the longest time, like, Mike, they're here because of you. It's like, yes, you know, they like the stuff you're sharing, but they're here because because of you as a person. Like, they like you. You know, maybe you should share a little more. They're trying to get me to kind of come out more. And I just never saw it as some type of value. I didn't see myself as a person that people were following. I was seeing it as people are following my information, my teaching, my lessons, not me. Not like I'm some I'm some some uh, some celebrity that people want to know. What is he eating? Where is he going? What's he doing? It's like, and I realized that it's because in reality, I didn't give a shit about it. <laughs> I didn't care. I don't care about people's lives and what they're doing. Like if I go and follow somebody, I'm mm-hmm. getting information about about things that I want to learn. And because I didn't care, I didn't see myself that way. I didn't ever do it in that way. And so when people came up to me, it was always on specifically what I shared, working out stuff, you know, eating stuff, that commercial where I did this and this, and they had no idea what was going on in my life. 
and and I, I remember like just it was okay i realized it after a while you know it wasn't like good or bad or anything it was just like wow this is i i painted a very specific picture and that picture stayed for mm-hmm. a very long time even now after starting to share content again you know um there's still there's still a lot of people that still only sees that but now it's a little different because ever since coming back onto youtube and on social media the way that i'm creating videos my content is really really different it's um the way i'm sharing is much more natural there is there's no um there's not like this force and trying to deliver information like how, how i used to do it you know you ever talk to you ever see people or or you ever experience it yourself it's like you were having this natural conversation right and then suddenly the camera turns on and it's like suddenly this person changes personality and then they go into their camera personality <laughs> you know what i mean it's yeah, like yeah. oh hey oh, blah, blah. so they talk louder and they're all exaggerated and all this stuff and you're like yeah. what the like, hell yeah just chilling and suddenly like the information is like <laughs> and it's like all exaggerated mm. and and so that's what i mean i i used to do that you know and so now it's a little yeah. different it's kind of flows yeah I absolutely agree. And I think this is why I really like the long form content. And I think this is the future of, of media is let's say you're, you know, you get on like some news channel, like, you know, CSNBC or the morning show or something. And they're like, all right, you have three minutes, like make your, you know, make your, yeah. your pitch. Your, and, you know, so you have to basically memorize a script that you're going to do for those next three minutes. You're like, all right, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to, you know, sit here. I'm going to say this. I'm going to jump up. I'm going to do you know, six push ups, you know, and then I'm going to do this, you know, and even on, like let's say if th- this was like a 20 minute podcast a lot of my guests would probably be like all right well, i had 20 minutes let me fit in mm-hmm. anything i want to say and they would yeah. have a script but podcasts like this and joe rogan's where it's just long form it's just a conversation you know people really you know maybe for the first you know few minutes where there's a few sound bites here and there but in general 99 percent of it is just you know what people are thinking and what people really want to talk about which i really love and this is what i love about doing this is being able to share like the the journey of what we've learned because i think both you and i and a lot of you know my friends are very fortunate where we escaped the normal nine to five corporate life you know that that stage one of happiness seeking you know i think if i never achieved any success back in the u.s like if i never you know uh had the nice car or the nice stuff I'd probably still be trying to get to that stage, you know, even if other people were saying like, no, that doesn't really matter, you know, like, don't worry about it. I would be like, no, I need that, you know, and and I think sometimes it's hard to see past that or just to even trust somebody that those things don't matter until you you get it and then you re- then, then you can realize but like oh you know what yeah actually they were right this stuff never really mattered in the first place but do you think it's like really possible just to bypass all that or do you think that's like a natural step where we kind of need to hit you know to you know to have a taste at least of you know that normal that normal success in life to be able to say okay you know what? I've experienced that now let's move on to the next thing instead of just getting stuck here I think it's different for everybody you know because even when somebody somebody goes, I need to have a taste of that. Well, that's that 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 taste could be uh, could be different for everybody. That taste for one person is I'm making 150 thousand a year now, and I feel like man, there's got to be more in life than just making money. And somebody may look at that as just a road bump, and they're like, yeah, I need to get to about five million a year, build a massive company, build a big operation, and now I feel like there's got to be more in life than making money, right? And so I think it's just really different for different for everybody. Um, yeah, you know, I personally I. I realized that if somebody feels that they need to do it, that that's 
that's like they they can't seem to direct their attention anywhere else, then go for it. You know, because sometimes certain people will need to experience uh, hitting certain milestones, having certain lessons before you know before they realize, okay, I'm ready to move on to the next thing. And the lessons can't be told, right? It can't be read in a book, and it can't be someone else giving them advice. They have to actually experience it. And I think it's good. I think it's I think it's fine. Um, and then there are other people that don't, you know. So I think it's just I think it's just relevant depending on who who each person is. And I think the way that people know is when they hear the information, are they able to do it? If somebody hears the information right now and they go, okay, Mike, Johnny, okay, so basically it's not about success. It's just about you know finding happiness and finding what you're really passionate about. Okay, I hear what you're saying, but man, I I just can't seem to get away from pursuing this thing, and I really want to hit that goal. And I hear what you're saying, but I just I just need to find out for myself. Then I think this person is doing the right thing by just finding out for themselves, and maybe they go down the path for a certain amount of time before they go. Okay, I remember what those guys were telling me years ago, and I think that's cool. You know, I, I don't think there's a certain um, uh, there's a certain time limit or it's a never too late type of thing. I think there's just a cause and effect. Like what's the difference between realizing this 10 years from now when somebody's in their, you know, late 40s instead of late 30s? Well, you know, what are you doing now in your life, the age, and now you have kids or whatever it is, you know, it's not bad or, or, or good. That's just what it is, you know. So, uh, so I think it just depends for each person. But I do know that, however, yeah, I could definitely no, see no matter what, if a person doesn't realize, doesn't find a way to be able to, to learn how to connect to themselves, like they don't, if they don't learn how to be able to connect to themselves, they don't learn how to be able to, to know who they are as a person and to value themselves as a person beyond the material stuff and even beyond their own physical body. If they don't realize how to do that, then they will always, always limit the level of happiness the level of joy and freedom in their life. And the thing about that is they don't even realize that they are limiting themselves. They just simply may just come up with a reason like, you know, this is just the way life is and the amount of excitement that I have for aliveness is just where it's at. That's that's it. There's nothing more because they never experience more. And when you and when they, and when somebody tells them, oh, man, you know, you should be so alive about life, blah, 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 they go, well, you know, that's that person. Right. I'm a different person. My experience of life is different. But in reality, all of us can experience that super heightened state to where we're so excited, so alive. We feel so freaking free. That enthusiasm, all of us have the ability to experience it. But it takes having to detach from everything else that we feel is giving us some sort of self-value, you know. Wow, it's a lot to unpack there, and, and I think you're right, you know. And I, and I think, but it, I, I'm struggling with it still. Where, you know, as you had mentioned uh, earlier, you know, like if let's say somebody wanted to build a business, it kind of comes to the territory to have that responsibility sometimes, right? You know, and then is the choice then to just not build the business in the first place and not take on those responsibilities and say, you know what, I don't want, you know, I don't even want to add that stress in my life, so I'm just not going to do it in the first place. Or is the key to build it in a way from day one where you're like, I'm going to build this and make the money from it and have the experience from it. But, you know, somehow have these magical set of rules in place where it's never adds that stress. Is, is that even possible? You know, I think I think when somebody's wanting to build a business, they might initially have the idea and the drive because they want to create financial freedom. They want to make money. They want to be able to experience a lifestyle. They want to travel and et cetera. 
But I think they also need to realize that, okay, I'm doing this just for the money. And while I want the money and it's nice, I need to have more debt. I need to go and have more purpose behind it. What is my business actually doing for people? Oh, right. It's giving people this value. It's helping to to solve this problem in the world. Okay, so I'm going to keep my eye on delivering value to the customers and creating this type of, of, uh, of goodness in the world, even though I know personally that inside I'm driven to make money and to be financially successful. But I want to make sure that on the outside, my business is actually doing good. And over time, as they're working hard and they're pulling the extra hours and they're, you know, creating success and they're happy on the inside, but they're also making sure the business on the outside is actually doing good. And that's important because if not, people may strive to only look at the money aspect and then they're not actually doing any good for people's lives. They're just, it's, it's just this constant transaction. People aren't really getting new problems solved. And so over time, as this is happening, they can go, okay. I feel like I don't need to feed myself anymore. I realize that I can now see myself as this freaking awesome person. And if I lost this company, if I had nothing, I feel right now that I will be fine. And so now let me put all of my intention, all of my focus on bringing more value to customers, how to serve people more. And at that point, maybe their business continues the same. Maybe their, their business branches out into another revenue stream. Maybe the model shifts. You know, a lot of things kind of happen. And whatever it is, like, that's a really good way to to build while at the same time, when the time is right, the business kind of evolves, you know, versus if somebody was to go ahead and start from the beginning and go, I am so money driven, I want success, and I know it's just to make myself feel better. And I don't want to do that. I'd rather do it and have righteousness and in high integrity right from the beginning. So therefore, let me not do anything until I get to that point. And therefore, they may end up not doing anything ever. So I always say it's better just to go ahead and move forward and just realize the true intention. Even if the true intention is to make ourselves feel better about ourselves, at least we aren't lying to ourselves for the for that not happening, you know. Mm-hmm. And just as long as we are being aware of it, at some point we'll get past it. Yeah, I like that. And I think that if someone does go that route, I think it's okay just to be like, all right, I'm just going to work my butt off for the next, you know, two years, three years, four years, make a bunch of money, and then move on to something I really want to do. I think that's okay as long as they actually save some of that money. Because I think it'd be the worst thing in the world to be to sell your soul for four years, make a bunch of money, but spend mm-hmm. all of it because you're, you know, someone's unhappy. <laughs> and then at the end of the four years, they still have no money, but they just, you know, had bought a bunch of crap, you know, sitting in a, in a closet somewhere, a bunch of Louis Vuitton. But I mean, sometimes like, especially here uh, while traveling, right? Uh, I see two kind of extreme sides, right? So here in Sri Lanka, there's, you know, lots of surfers, some kind of backpackers and, and like, you know, people, yogis that came from India and they have zero money, like zero savings, but they're mm-hmm. very happy. You know, at least when things are going well, you know, they're extremely happy. All they do every day is they surf for four or five you know, hours a day and they just have some beers and cigarettes at night and just chill and just talk about, you know, how, you know, how great their life was. And I look at them and I'm, sometimes I'm honestly, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm freaking envious. I look at them and I'm like, man, that is a level of happiness that I have not felt in a long time. Like, I can't remember the last time I had was that free. But at the same time, I also look at them thinking, no, that's not very sustainable, right? <laughs> like, you know, uh, you know, when, when you, know, you know, crap hits the fan, like, they don't even have enough money to fly home if they wanted to. They're, they really are stuck. 
you know, especially right now during this kind of the the quarantine, like a lot of them are broke, you know, so they're just like, you know, trying to live as cheap as possible, you know, going through, through savings, maybe even, you know, needing to borrow money. But they're happy, you know, like they have nothing, but they're happy. On the other hand, you know, I'm here working hard, building businesses online, and I have, you know, all the money in the world now coming in. And I think I'm trying to balance it. And, you know, I'm still here. I'm still going surfing. I'm still doing you know, the things they're doing. But I don't have that same level of just joy of letting go because, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, all right, I got to go put on sunblocks, so, you know, so I don't get you know, skin cancer five years from now. I got to make sure you know, I'm drinking enough water. I'm hydrated. While these motherfuckers are out there for five hours, no water, no sunblock, <laughs> and just, you know, no care in the world. Yeah, man. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> you can, uh, you can, you can have a balance. You know, you can you can live a lot in that way also, you know, without having to to uh, to be broke and just let let everything go. It's like it's like you got these businesses, you're doing these things, you know, one by one. It's a lot of moving parts, you know, but one by one, you you start to be okay with like what's happening, what's happening every day with the business. You start to be okay. You don't you don't you don't hold on to you don't become attached to like the outcome of the sales the outcome of the projects you know you do your best to have them to be good but whether or not they happen in the way that you want it doesn't matter anymore and it doesn't matter anymore because you realize okay you know i have more than enough everything is fine and i am not going to have a higher self-value i am not going to be happier by having any of those things my happiness actually comes from somewhere else and it's not just this idea there's an idea in the mind you know a new belief system to adapt but it's also a energy a sensation an emotion inside the body see you know people we spend so much time connecting to everything on the outside from our business to our social media to other people to music to movies to everything on the outside right places traveling well we don't spend enough time literally connecting to the inside what are we thinking what are we feeling do we actually feel the physical sensation inside the body there's an energy inside our body and if we put our attention to it we can connect to it we can feel it and you know how people people nowadays they feel so uncomfortable there's always this low sense of agitation. The moment, the more still that they are, the more quiet that their environment is, the more they can sense this. And that's why the least, the, the last thing that people want to do is those two things, be in a very still position and be in a very quiet place because they now are feeling and hearing what's actually happening inside of them. And it's very uncomfortable. But that's the only route to letting those things go is to face it, realize that they're there, and let go of it piece by piece. And until they do, they're always going to not want to connect to themselves. And then themselves, and so imagine, if we don't connect to ourselves, then ourselves once our attention needs to connect to ourselves, it's like our body is one thing and our mind is another thing and they're separate. And so when we try to, when we connect them together, it's like our mind, our awareness becomes connected to our body. And then when that happens, we actually start to feel whole. But until then, if we aren't doing that, then we are chasing everything on the outside and it's never feeling that lack feeling that every single person feels once they just quiet down their environment enough and they just become a little still and they feel it. And most people don't know why it's there, but everybody knows it because we're all human. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. And I like that you 
brought that up. So one thing that I, I had heard as a you know a complaint about the quarantine and lockdown was there was a few people you know online very vocal saying it's uh, it's unhealthy for 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 people with you know, traumas or, you know, anxiety or whatever to have to be, you know, be forced to stay at home because um, they're used to being able to go out and, you know, and I was reading this, I was thinking, wait, they're, they're saying like, it's, you know, it's bad to force people to stay at home and have time for themselves because now they have to face what's going on in their actual life versus them being able to go out and, you know, a- avoid these problems by always being stimulated and entertained and, you know, being busy or always being at the club or drinking or whatever. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it's, it's probably good to force people to stay at home and just and, and reflect for a few weeks and think like why am I always needing to be busy? Why am I always needing to be at the at the club or drinking or being you know even being around people all the time? Like I mean I, I don't know I mean I don't know if the answer is to force everyone to, to do it, but I I think ultimately it is healthy. Right? It's uh, I feel it's necessary. You know I feel it's necessary. If people have the people have the opportunity right now to be able to spend time to go inwards. They're able to spend time to do a lot of things because for once in their life, they actually have more control over their own time. Before, their time and intention is being pulled everywhere. And now, you know, they have a lot of it back. And, you know, it's temporary. Soon things will kind of go back to, uh, you know, similar to how it was. But during this time, I think it's really good for people to spend that time to, you know, to connect to themselves and to do a lot of things that they wanted to do. But they, some people kind of made up excuses while other people literally just didn't have the time, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. One of the best things I ever did for, for myself was I did a 10-day mm-hmm. Vipassana, mm-hmm. a silent meditation. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And for those who aren't familiar with it, it's basically 10 days of complete silence, no input, no output. So no reading, no listening to music, no listening to podcasts, no watching YouTube videos. And not and you're not even supposed to do any output. You're not supposed to speak. You're not even supposed to journal mm-hmm. or write or anything. It's just 10 you days can't even work of out. meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no work. Yeah, nothing. And... I, when I first learned about it, you know, I was at a point in my life where I had taken that first step. I had, you know, quit my job, moved to Thailand, become a scuba diving guide. And I was like, you know, this is, this is happiness. This is it. And I was happy, but at the same time, I knew something else was, was missing. You know, I knew I was, I was running from something. I was hiding from something, you know, and that was going to this 10 day meditation was kind of like an extreme way for me to, to be like, all right, let me really force myself to face who I am and my fears. And I, and whenever people ask me, you know, if I was happy I did it, I would always say yes. It was the best thing I've ever done. But they would ask me, would I do it again? I'll say, there's no chance I'll do that again. <laughs> you know, uh, a friend of mine is about to go to a five day vipassana that is in complete darkness. <laughs> mm. nope. Yeah, it's like uh, it's just uh, just one another level, another. And you know, there's a there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways to be able to get to the same place, you know, to where we're connecting to ourselves, to where we're letting go. Vipassana is definitely one of them, you know. And, you know, over the over the years, after I left Six Pack, you know, I started to research. I started to learn. I started to and I started to find out how to do it. What is the what is the most efficient way that I can do it? And how do I show other people how to do it? And over time, I started studying a lot of different type of practices from yoga to qigong to learning about massage, energetic grounding and spirituality and religion and so forth. 
psychology and and I started to I started to realize like some really basic fundamentals you know like for example we'll we'll do something right now so at this point keep your arms down and just relax right and just and just relax and don't move anything and then we're still talking right so okay. when you try not to move anything you'll start to feel little tingles here and there in the body that make you almost want to move right yeah and so those tingles in the body is actually blockages in the body and when energy can't flow blood is also energy so is oxygen so is energy when it's not able to flow really well we feel it in the body we feel it literally there's tingles there it could be in the neck it could be in the arms it could be in the legs stomach different places for different people but we feel it and so the idea is these tingles these areas because they're blocked there is a tension there there's tightness there and when someone has too much tightness that's when their posture gets all rounded you see them hunched over you see them protruding shoulders hips and all that stuff and so the idea is every time when we get stressed every time when we get angry or worried or fearful we create some type of tension the body responds and reacts with tension and if we don't let go of the tension completely then we hold on to part of it and it's no big deal if you hold on to just part of it from this one event but imagine how many events how many times we have gotten worried and fearful and angry in our life and every time when that happens we let go of majority of it but we hold on to a little bit of it and that little bit gets accumulated over the decades and so now as grown-ups it's all throughout our body tensions everywhere blockages everywhere and one of the simplest ways to feel it to become aware of it is simply just to sit still you know and so this way when you feel the urge for the body to want to move around that is the tension that is the blockages and so we actually constantly move around and fidget to try to go ahead and open up the blockages in the body so there are actual ways to go ahead and be able to do that much more efficiently than just regularly moving around a little bit. So right now how are you feeling right now by just by staying still? I see you're you're staying still there. That was nice, man. Like for, for the last couple of minutes that you asked me to stay still, I did and I felt the tingles and I felt the blockages, you know, and you know, regardless of, you know, if it's blood flow or energy flow blockages whatever it is, I felt that yeah, you know it. You're right, and I have this urge to move around. I have an urge to sh- you know shake my leg or to do something. And when I just told myself, no, let's just stay in this position, you know, and let me just feel it. That by itself, just being aware of of that, allowed me to relax. So all like you know, just instantly by being aware of it and allowing it, it actually starts yeah. to relax a little bit. And then I mean, and I think that was already like the the biggest step, you know. And I think even if I ju- just by just by being aware of it, it just it it already solved, you know, maybe half of it, you know, <laughs> just 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 seeing yeah. it. When you brought your when you brought your awareness to it, that's where they say like the light of our consciousness. When when light when light is in the presence of darkness, darkness cannot stay. And when we bring our consciousness, our awareness to those areas of tension, those areas of agitation, by becoming aware of it, we're able to let go of the agitation that's there. We're able to relax those areas. We're able to allow things to flow again. And it's such a simple thing, just sitting there, right? And that's where vipassanas come from. It's like, okay, well now you're just going to do this for days and days and days. And so, you know, for 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 somebody like you, you know, you're active, you're moving around, you're surfing, you're doing all the stuff. So 
you're probably a little more active than a lot of people. There are there are a lot of people that don't have active lifestyles. And I found out that there are moves that we can do in yoga, moves that we can do in Qigong, moves that we can do in massage, self-massage. We don't have to get someone to do it that will open up all of the different channels in our body and help release all the accumulated tension. And what happens is when we let go of all the tension in our body, the emotions that are trapped in the body that are in different areas, also we can let go. Because every time when we have some type of emotion, it's actually in a specific part of the body, different parts. And for example, people that carry a lot of um, a lot of uh, responsibility, they feel like they're having to carry the weight on their shoulder, literally. Those people have very, very tight traps, very tight upper backs, right? Yeah. And it's because physically, they in their mind, they're like, man, I have to carry everything on there. And their posture kind of changes into that. And the pressure is right there in their upper back. While somebody has like a lot of financial fear and a lot of financial worries, they'll feel in the lower back, you know, or somebody that has a heartbreak and they feel like, you know, they've been really, really hurt. They'll literally feel pressure in their chest, you know. And so there's different areas of the body that the emotion gets trapped in. And what we can do is we can literally move the body in different ways, all these different moves to go ahead and open up everything in the body. And then we can teach our bodies how to start relaxing so we can let go of all these emotions. And then when we let go of all these emotions, then it's so much easier to go ahead and not get angry, not think of all these negative thoughts, because those negative emotions is what triggers those thoughts. If we let go of those, there's like no, there's not a foundation there to go and trigger all of these thoughts. Because, you know, people all want to be positive. And they think the way to be positive is just to think more positive, think more positive, listen to more positive things. And yet it seems like they're doing this uphill battle because it's so slow. And they're, and they're thinking, I'm trying my best, but how come I'm not getting the results that I want? And the reason why is because they haven't let go of the emotions, the negative emotion that's triggering all the negativity. When they let go of that, they're basically cutting the source of their negativity, cutting the source of their fear. A lot of the fear is not just in their head, in the belief system. It's actually trapped in their body. And someone goes, well, why is it in their body? Well, I thought it's just the mind. But people have heard of the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, right? The subconscious mind is emotions and habits, emotions and feelings. And it makes up for 90 to 95% of somebody's entire thoughts. And somebody and somebody has 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. And if 90 to 95 percent of it is in their subconscious and it's attached to emotions and feelings, which is in the body, then that means any emotions and feelings that person have throughout the day, their thoughts are exactly the same as those emotions. So if somebody is constantly mad because they carried it from a long time ago, they're just always in that state, their body's used to feeling mad, then they're constantly going to think about things that are mad. They're going to always look for opportunities to complain, always look for opportunities to get angry. And they'll always find it because they're always looking, you know. And so that's where people need to go and make that change. And that's why it's such an important thing because people can reach any level of success. It doesn't matter. But these things, no matter how much of anything they have, this is fundamental in all human beings. And people don't spend enough time to focus on it. Man, all they're going to have... All they're going to have is a lot of stuff on the outside and the inside. They are so miserable and they can't do anything about it because they put themselves into these golden handcuffs now, you know, and they built themselves a golden cage that they're locked in. They don't even have the time to try to work on these things. And there's now more pressure because, you know, when you ain't got shit, it's easy to go fuck it off, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to walk away. Right. You're walking away from nothing. But imagine you got an empire and you're doing 20 million a year. 
try walking away from that and walking away from the hundreds of employees and the millions of customers you serve, right? It's much, much bigger. So this is just something I feel like people need to at least just spend a little bit of time every day, maybe just an hour a day to start taking care of it so they don't just pile it on, you know, and have it be a big thing later. Yeah, I really love that. And I think that's really good advice. And I do believe that there is, it, it is a holistic thing where it's not just our thoughts, it's not, not just our brains, and it's not just our body. It really is all connected. And, you know, even though I don't understand exactly how our emotions and our thoughts and our body are connected, just by sitting there for, for a minute and just, you know, letting it in and feeling it, I, yeah, I, 100% it is. You know, I can tell right away it is. And, it's strange because I, I think I'm a pretty happy, relaxed guy. And I think most people that know me assume I am as well. But I, th- I think people that really get to know me and spend time with me, you know, and like can see what I, I get stressed, you know, I get angry, I get, you know, and, you know, maybe I don't blow up like other people would. But like the girl I was living with here under quarantine, and she, you know, she spent, you know, 60 days straight with me <laughs> alone in quarantine. She noticed that when I would be preparing for something, like I was, you know, uh, like, creating uh, like YouTube videos and I was planning it out. I was trying to like, you know, you know, thinking like, mm-hmm. how am I going to upload this? Or if I was like creating some kind of like online meetup or event or something the night before I would snore and I never snore normally. And she would say in the morning, she would say, Hey, like, she's like, do you, you know, are you, like, what are you stressed about? I'm like, what? No, nothing. Not, you know? And she's like, no, like you are for sure. Because I can, I can, you know, I can hear it. I can sense it. So really there is something, even if we personally can't see it ourselves, like if, if we're in tune with ourselves, we can, or if we have someone to kind of look at us and be like, yep, you need to put down that baggage. You gotta, you gotta breathe. You know, there's, uh, there, there's ways for us to be able to become aware become aware of our emotions, become aware of our feelings and our thoughts. Because we have to first become aware before we're able to make any changes. And, you know, one of the most straightforward ways is to just practice listening to listening to the thoughts, you know, in your mind. Just practice listening to it. Don't judge it. Don't try to conversate. Just listen to the voice in the head. See what it's saying. So sometimes somebody will sit there and they'll 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 talk about something or they'll complain about something or thinking about something and we just listen to it. And we just start to become aware of it and we start to watch it. When we do that, we stop reacting to it because sometimes when we're not actually listening to it, then we become every thought that we think of. We believe that those thoughts are us when in reality, thoughts mm. are not who we are. Thoughts is like a tool. It's something that that is generated. Sometimes the thoughts come without us generating, you know, and images, the same thing. You know, think about it. Do we have control over every single image that pops in our head? (laughs) You know, it's if that was the case, that'd be different. But most of the time, it does not happen that way. Images pop in our mind, thoughts pop in our mind, feelings come and go. And so when we learn just to be able to observe them, we don't let them take over us. The, the biggest thing is that people are letting their, their thoughts and their emotions take over them. They're not the master of their mind anymore. They're not the master of their body. Literally, their body and their mind is running their life, not them. They are now the victim of their body and mind. They're supposed to be the master. You know, there's a line that says, a mind makes a great tool, but makes it poor master. 
And that's because the, the, the mind is one of the most powerful tools that we have. We use it to analyze, we use it to remember, we use it to go ahead and come up with all these elaborate plans and so forth. But we can't use the mind to go ahead and dictate our life. When it comes to making decisions, we need to learn how to shut down our mind. If not, our mind will continue to go ahead and jabber and jabber. And so for somebody that isn't used to doing this and their mind is constantly running, they don't even know how it's like to have a quiet mind. And so when you tell them about how this experience will be when their mind shuts off, they they look at you and they want to believe you, but they have absolutely no reference point to go to. And, you know, you uh, I want to say that, you know, you you're a scuba diver instructor, right? You certify people and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go down to the water, I'm sure you experience, you know, that silence. There's a certain level of stillness under the water, right? That that stillness that stillness can only happen because your your mind is really still and you're pre- you become very, very present. You become very, very alert. It also feels really, really good. So that that state of being is what attracts a lot of people to do sports like, you know, like like uh, scuba diving or free diving or other extreme stuff. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people think it's just because the ocean is beautiful; it's a whole new world. It is, but the state of being that they're in is is really is such a nice experience to be in that state and that environment. You know, that action gets them there. You know, a hundred percent. I used to tell people that scuba diving is like meditation. Yeah. You know, when I'm underwater, the only thing that you you can focus on is your yep. breath, and your to maintain your air, you need to have a very slow breath. So you know, you know, four or five seconds in, and then five, six, seven seconds out, and it's like a very nice breath. And if you don't do that, if you're breathing too fast, you know, first off, it messes up your buoyancy, so you're all over the place. But second, you run out of air faster. So it's almost like a forced breathing exercise. And on top of that, physically, you have to just relax and, you know, be in a, in a neutral position. So you're not, you know, floating up to the top. You're not, you know, smashing to the corals on the ground. If you want to be able to just have a nice buoyancy, like a neutral buoyancy, you're physically just needing to kind of let go and just like, you know, relax and, and you know, and be, you know, be in that zero uh, gravity buoyancy. And it's a really nice feeling. And even uh, mind-wise... You can't think about anything. You know, I remember we would have, you know, on the boat, we would be like, you know, talking about like a riddle or something that like is driving us crazy trying to figure out the riddle. And as soon as we would uh, jump in the water and then afterwards we'd come out and then somebody would bring it up again. I'm like, oh, yeah, completely forgot about that. (laughs) Your mind was so clear and present while you're down there. And the beginning, maybe it was, you know, you're thinking about the diving, you're thinking about the... um, something else but you know when you get really good at it you don't you don't think about it at all you're just there and instead of even trying to focus really hard to try to find you know like a camouflage fish in the sand or the ground the only way to even see these things is to really just relax and just let it come to you instead of you know trying to force it because then if you try to force seeing something it won't be there yeah you know when when you relax just as long as you have the intention to, let's say, see the camouflage, the fish, when we relax and our mind starts to slow down, our awareness increases. And when our awareness increases, we now are able to perceive more information all at once. We basically are tapping into another level of intelligence. Our mind is so limited, you know. I like the like the example of like, let's say you meet a person, you know, you meet you meet a person and you go, man, I really like I really like this person. 
And if you were to try to go ahead and explain all of the reasons why you like this person, it would take such a long time and it may not even fully represent it. But in one in one moment, within seconds, you know, you can go, man, I really like this person. And you're analyzing so much information mm. simultaneously and thoughts is like trying to go ahead and grab all this information and categorize in all these different ways and explain every little thing versus Mm. one instant you can know. That's the difference between knowingness versus thought. Thoughts are so separated and slow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, I I knew, like, when I, I, even like when I first met you, like, I was like, oh, this guy's a really genuine good guy. Like, he's someone I would trust. He was someone I would trust with the keys in my house. Versus if I meet someone else, I'm like, nope, there's no way I would trust them with, with, you know, anything. (laughs) (laughs) But, so, one thing that I I do want to talk about is, like, I I feel like, for people who have worked on this for a long time, like, you know, it, it wasn't like overnight, right? This has been something that we've thought about and we've kind of slowly practiced for years. And I think now that we've been through all these, you know, all these experiences and we've really expanded our minds and, you know, we understand what it, what it is, uh, you know, to be, to be free and to be, you know, mentally and emotionally kind of free. We know that state. So it's easy for us to take the steps to try to get towards it again. But my question is for the people who've never experienced it in the first place, right? So people who lived a normal life, they've always been stressed, they've always been fidgety, and and they just don't even know what that, you know, what that... um, what the possibilities are, you know, in their minds. I, I, a lot of people, and hopefully they haven't stopped listening already, but a lot of people would just stop mm-hmm. listening, right? Like if you start telling someone, you know, normal, normal, you know, American person, you know, busy life, you're like, hey, you know, there is another level of happiness. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't have time for that. Or you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm happy. And you could tell they're not. I almost feel like sometimes they need like a major something a major event in their life to force them to do this or to do something kind of extreme like like the, like a 10 day kind of meditation and just like throw them in there and have them be like oh crap like what was my life doing you know or like for me like the first time i did mushrooms that really expanded my mind i was like oh my god i never even saw the world this way i never i never had these thoughts you know and it wasn't that like it magically fixed my life or anything, but it gave me a glimpse of all the things or, you know, that weren't possible before. You know, it literally, you know, people call these, you know, mind expanding substances. And for me, it really was. I really believed that like, you know, I was, all I saw before was, you know, let's say a, a 10 by 10 room, you know, that was the world. All of a sudden afterwards i realized oh my god this you know it's not just a room there's a whole world out there what are your thoughts on that you know things like mushrooms like psychedelics you know they they help us let go of judgments because they they increase the vibrational frequency in our body and so our consciousness starts to shift so we have a new perspective and this new perspective is one with less judgments so then if i if i look at a uh if I look at this tree and and I go and my judgment on this tree is man you know this tree is is just uh it's just here to bear fruit it's an orange tree so it's just here to go and give me fruit and if it doesn't have any fruit then I'm probably gonna cut it down and then plant another one because that's what this tree is here for that's my judgment on it then that's the only thing that I can see every time I look at this tree I go is it giving me fruit yes good I'm gonna keep it around 
and we don't I don't see anything else. But it's only but that but in reality this tree can be so much more. It's a living thing. It's a living thing. There's energy coming off of this thing. This tree has probably millions of other hosts as a as a as a home for millions of things that live in this tree and under the ground and all this stuff. But because I have such fixated judgments on it, I can't think of any of those things. I'm not aware of any of those things. And so when we let go of the judgments of this tree, for example, now when we look at it, now we can see this as this living being, you know, that not only bears fruit, but also hosts a home for so many different things that also gives off oxygen. And so there's all these different things that we can see. And so that's where that's where the world actually changes. We're not trying to change the world. We literally change ourselves. Mm -hmm. And now the world changes because we simply look at it differently. And so this is for every single thing. You know, like people, when they're racist, they see somebody of a different ethnicity and they just look at it as this ethnicity is this type of person. Here's what they do. Here's how they are. And they don't see the person. You know, you take a, a normal 70-year-old guy, and when they see a hot girl, they think, oh, man, yeah, I'd love to go ahead and have sex with her. And they just see them as, you know, as something with two legs walking. And they don't even see the person. They don't appreciate anything behind. Because that's mm -hmm. just the judgments that we have. And so it's so limiting. Mm -hmm. And the goal, one of the goals in our life to really be free is to let go of all these judgments. So this way, we can actually start to mm -hmm. see things and so much more for what they truly are and much, much more. And so now when we see a person, now when we see a room, now when we go into a country, we won't just think of this limited ways of this is how it is, here's what I should do, here's what I shouldn't do, because we're so locked in. We're now actually free. Hmm. We're now open. We're now open to experience. We're open to go ahead and see things so differently, which allows us to navigate through through different experiences. Everything changes. And it all has to do with the judgments that we have in our mind, in our perception. And psychedelics is a is a way to to give us a glimpse of it, but unfortunately, there's there's negative effects of taking psychedelics. It drains your energy. Mm. It kind of throws your 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 energy off the next day. You get you need some recovery time, and so people try to do these microdosing and things like that, and they start to create an addiction to something that is good for them. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, they still need to find a way to get off and to do something different. Mm. And so I went down this path. You know, I went down this path. I had my hands on all, all the stuff. You know, I had everything. You know, I had the acid. I had the mushrooms. I had the ayahuasca. You know, I had the combo, like the frog poisoning, you know, the, uh, the hype, you know, the brown powders, you know, and so forth. All these different things. And I tried microdosing. And I, I realized, like, I'm still, I don't have a way to sustain this, you know. There's got to be another way because, mm, yeah. you know, when you're on mushrooms, you're on psychedelics, it's really hard to function. You can, yeah, you can sit there and look at a tree and laugh and go hug it and go, I love you, tree, and I love you, bird, and I love you, mm -hmm. dirt. Okay, cool. So how can you go ahead and stay happy mm -hmm. like that and now go do work? Now go have a meeting and mm -hmm. go ahead and stay happy like that without without actually just floating off, you know? And so it's not mm -hmm. practical. And I started to realize there's actually ways that we can still have certain aspects of that state. The aspect of peace, mm -hmm. of calmness, of centeredness, of groundedness. You know, we can still have those aspects. We can still have the aspect of feeling free, still the aspect of non-judgment, but without being floating in the clouds, you know, without... 
without having right we yeah. don't need to carry all those things that's not good for us all the time mm-hmm. and we can have those other things so this mm-hmm. way we can still build our business we can still go ahead and engage and have intelligent conversations mm-hmm. about things to get things done and that's where basically where i came up with the training method taking all of these different aspects of training because they all existed you know so i didn't make up anything but i realized that there are so many training mm-hmm. methods out there meditation and breath work and qigong and yoga and massage and martial arts and so forth that were all created to help somebody get into a certain states it's all the same similar type of states that they're getting into it's just the path was different and for somebody like me with a fitness background i'm like okay well i like being in shape you know i like being in shape i like feeling healthy i like feeling strong but at the same time you know i want to be flexible i want to be mobile but at the same time i want to have my mind be quiet and get into these states and so i started to incorporate different different exercises different practices and every day i was doing a 4 hour practice and bro it worked oh, wow. it worked like a charm at the end of it i was just like yeah. bam i'm grounded i feel so good everything is chilling mm-hmm. right but it was also 4 hours every day and I knew that mm-hmm. it's only a number. It's only a matter of time before I'm going to have to go ahead and do other things with my life because I dedicated all my time to it, and that I couldn't really try to, to help other people do what I'm doing because it's four hours. It's not realistic, you know. And I'm an exercise nut, mm-hmm. and four hours is still pretty long for me. Mm-hmm. So over the years, I started to condense down the practice. I started finding finding what things worked and what things I can just cut out and how to synchronize them in a way so this way they all build on top of each other. And so like now what we do, it's a 60-minute practice. And it's unlike it's unlike things that people have tried before because people can go do yoga. They do all this stuff, but they don't feel this state that you feel when you're done with the practice. You're like totally relaxed. You're totally calm, but you're like very, very clear. There's like a heightened sense of clarity, you know, and your body feels like really at ease. And there's like, you don't have like that, that any type of jitterness because all of that was exerted because there's four parts, you know, going into like strength, going into like building muscle, going into flexibility, moving energy, all this stuff. And so that's why I found like something that people can actually do, you know, because it's like, where do people start? You know, once they once they have like this reason to go ahead and pursue this, you know, like what we're talking about, do they do they need to go ahead and really hit rock bottom? Well, sometimes people do. Right. Sometimes people need to have a reason. And Mm -hmm. ideally, this is this is not what people like you and I would want for them. But it happens. Sometimes people hit a rock Mm -hmm. bottom and now Mm -hmm. they they're in so much pain and so much suffering that they are desperate. They're desperate. And now they're willing to give up because it's all really about giving up. What do they want to sacrifice to go ahead and get something else? And now they're willing to sacrifice because Mm -hmm. the road ahead that is unknown and scary as hell is not as scary as where they are currently at. And that's really when people go, I'm ready to move forward. Because where I'm at is so bad that I may not know what's in front of me, but shit, it can't be as bad as where I'm at right now. I have no, I have, it's, it's always better now to move forward. And people can move forward in this way and skipping so much of the other stuff. They can literally just do a practice like every single day. Because I realized, like, how do we make it? Because people's going to go, I don't know how to do this stuff. I don't know how to do breath work. I don't know how to do this stuff. What do I do, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually, it's actually really simple. Somebody just does a practice every single day, and their body starts to change. And it's so repetitive. It's like, there's so much bullshit, dude, with, like, fitness industry that I was a part of. So I can't even, you can't even, I can't even judge them. It is what it is. There's so much misleading things about it that gets people spending extra money, gets people buying extra products and doing all this stuff that's absolutely not needed. 
it's all meant so this way people grow a dependency for supplements, grow a dependency mm. for, for trainers, a dependency for all this stuff, and it keeps them limited, limited in their ability to create change by themselves. It creates it creates a dependency for all this stuff. So that's how people constantly make money. But in reality, all that shit is not even necessary. And now it's like I'm now what I'm sharing is that mm. because I realized, man, I've been in the fitness industry for over two decades. I know all the freaking games, and I realized so much of the shit is bullshit. It's all just meant to go ahead and get people stuck and making more money more money for the companies not big pharma companies but even for mom and pop companies just in general and when people start to realize this stuff they start to be able to take the power back people start to have more control it's just Mm -hmm. like how you know how we live this life where we travel and stuff but before a decade or two ago what digital nomads what you travel all the time you can't do that you need to work for a company be secure you're going to be broken and end up stuck somewhere in the world but we realize in reality that's not true. There's so many ways to do it. And once you learn how to do it and you cut through all the bullshit, now you're free, right? Now you know how to generate money. No matter if you have nothing, you know how to start from nothing to something because you realize that a lot of that old thinking was just it was just a way to keep people, you know, keep people working for the man, you know? And now there's ways to go and do things differently. It's the same thing with this. Same thing with getting healthy, same thing with our mind, you know. I definitely, I definitely agree with all that. And I think a lot of it, it's hard though, because I'm trying to always put myself in the perspective of someone who's just completely starting out and doesn't have this knowledge. And I would like to think, I think there's only three ways actually to, to kind of, you know, achieve that, that goal, whether it's fitness or happiness or entrepreneurship or whatever it is. One is hit rock bottom, as you mentioned, and be like, man, this sucks. I'll do whatever it takes. Like, no more excuses. My life is so bad that whatever it takes, I'm going to do, right? You know, I'm so, you know, I'm so obese and I'm going to, my doctor said I'm going to die in two months if I don't change something. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll try that extreme, you know, um, you know, carnivore diet, you know, or I'm so broke. I'm stuck in Thailand. I don't have money for a plane ticket home. I'm going to, I'm going to work 60 hours a week. I'm going to stop making these excuses. I'm going to build that online store. I'm going to launch a sales. I'm going to stay up at 2 a.m. calling suppliers, whatever it takes. I'm going to do it because I have to, you know, or I am so depressed. I'm so unhappy in my life. I want to kill myself. You know what? Whatever it takes to be happy. I'll go to, I'll do, I'll go do that 10 day, um, silent meditation. I'll travel to Peru to do ayahuasca, whatever it takes to be happy. I'll do it. And I would really, really, really like to believe that that's not needed. You know, the the other solution would be, you know, the correct solution would be to understand that if you don't change your life, maybe you'll get to that point. So let's let's take the small steps now. Let's not do any crazy shortcuts. Let's just do what it takes to slowly build to a lifetime, you know, something sustainable, you know, whether it's the, you know, one hour a day fitness routine that, that you can actually do for the rest of your life and not kill your body or kill your time, you know, to slowly build the business the correct way so you're not, you know, you never get into a terrible situation and you know but you're building a sustainable business you know or to start adding you know a bit of mindfulness a bit of happiness into your life now so you don't even need to do the dmt or the ayahuasca to get that point but at the same time i I, i'm really not sure like maybe sometimes people just need you know maybe that glimpse right like i think that the worst the 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 one big downside of hallucinogens or mind-altering drugs you know is what you said earlier that people get dependent on it like i really believe that doing shrooms once helped me expand my mind a lot and, and helped my life but and i'm sure it's the same for ayahuasca i'm sure it's the same for a lot of these 
you know, a lot of these things. But I also, most of the people I know who have done it, they just get down the path of saying, all right, well, you know, I have another trip to Peru planned. I have another trip to Peru planned. Or, you know, it, ayahuasca was good, but maybe I can go straight to the source and do DMT next. Or, you know, it, that wasn't strong enough. What's the next strong thing? And they just get dependent on, on that instead of using it as a tool of saying, you know what, let me expand my mind once. Let me see what's possible and have it be like a major reset, but then do something sustainable that they can do for the rest of their life that doesn't require, you know, first off, uh, you know, you know, getting into that mind altered state, you know, from an external substance, which can, can lead to other problems. Uh, but also to be able to just say, you know what? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen what's possible. I've seen, you know, what I want in my life. Let me do things like you mentioned with the Qigong and the meditation and the yoga and the sustainable fitness so I can just maintain this happiness and this physicality, but also slowly build towards a lifetime of having this amount, this balance in my life. You know, make a, you make a good point, man. And I think the with with people that are taking that are taking psychedelics very often, they're planning their next trip to Peru and stuff like that. You know, I it, it's I feel like they're a lot of them are not trying to be addicted to it, you know, and but they just want to experience it again and again and again because every time when they experience it, it's almost like a reminder, you know. It's like a reminder, reminder for how for how things can be cuz you know, we forget, we forget. And it's like uh, somebody going into a a uh, a a networking event, or they go into one of those, you know, entrepreneur marketing events, right? They spend thousands of dollars, go hang out with some awesome people for four days, and then they come back and they're super charged and they're pumped up and they're so excited about business and life and, and etc. And then four or five months down the road, they're like, "Man, I that event was so impactful. I want to go to another one." It's kind of like the same idea, right? To get this experience and. Mm-hmm. Some people need to have the experiences over and over and over. And sometimes the window can be small. It can be every month they need this experience versus some people can wait once a year or maybe even longer. Different for everybody, you know. Um, I think it's up to it's up to a person that it's based on intention, that if they have the intention to, number one, not be addicted and the intention to better themselves, then whatever they feel is good for them. No matter if it's once a month or once a year, whatever it is, do what you need to do. You know, trust yourself. People can give you advice, but at the end, we need to trust what we feel is right, you know, and just trust that. And no matter how crazy it looks like, you know, I've known people that have, I have a friend of mine who did, I think, uh, uh, 36 ayahuasca journeys, you know, within a very short period of time, you know, and, um, and a whole other list of very, very, very powerful plant medicines. And uh, he healed himself of autism, you know. And so, but he just felt like it was his calling. This is what I need to do. And so, so he just went for it, you know. If you were to tell somebody, hey, this is my plan, what do you think? You know, it's uh, the other person doesn't know how you feel. The other person hasn't been through everything. The other person isn't experiencing what you're experiencing. So it's really impossible to give you an accurate thing, you know. And also, I want to say that, you know, how we talk about like, you know, we don't want it's the best case scenario is somebody just goes and start doing the practices and starts getting on the right path. And ideally, they don't need to hit rock bottom. 
You know, that thing I realized about that is the idea of rock bottom can is all determined on somebody's perspective of what it actually is. You know, somebody can literally look at their life and one day nothing right now they're chilling. Everything is OK in their life. And then they can have a different perspective of their life and realize that they have hit rock bottom without anything changing in their life, simply by looking, changing their perspective on their life. And suddenly they can't stand to be in their life anymore. And instead of literally having their physical life to fall apart, they literally can change their perspective. Let's say I'm making, you know, $5,000 a month, you know, I've got a decent job, I got a girlfriend, and everything seems to just kind of be coasting, you know? And then suddenly I change my perspective, I start reading some books, I start listening, and I start to think about my dreams or really what I want to do, and I realize is to travel and do this, and to start this type of company, serving this type of people, and to make, you know, millions and millions and to be with somebody that treats me this way. And then in comparison to this dream, to this vision that I'm really, I'm really envisioning getting in, I look at my life and realize, oh my God, this is nothing like what I want. How long have I been doing this sauna dance for? Um, I'm 21 years old. So holy crap, it's been so many years now. And how about all my friends? Oh, they're all doing the same thing. Nobody is doing this thing, but I know this thing can be done. And I need to get out of this thing like ASAP because I'm so afraid that I'm going to get stuck doing this shit for the rest of my life. And I'm just going to let my dreams pass me by. And I also read somewhere that I heard uh, I heard from a podcast from an awesome dude named Johnny that you got in your 20s. <laughs> you got to go ahead and freaking go after what it is you want. Don't wait till your 30s and 40s. The older you get, the harder it is to start the shit that you really want to do. Oh, my God, I need to do it now. And so we create this. Ima not imaginary, but we create the urgency. We create our perspective that lights that fire to send us off to the, to another direction. And we can also do that, you know. So that's something I think it's just really based on perspective. And ideally, I think that's the best when we create the perspective ourselves and we drive that fire ourselves. And so we are still um, okay to a certain degree, but this new just new drive this new perspective gives us so much firepower so much will to go the other direction you know and i think uh man that's one way to do it instead of having to wait for a lot of things to literally fall apart i really love that mike i, I really i really think that is the best way and i'm hoping and praying that this podcast inspires people to just start doing what it takes now before they either have to hit rock bottom or even have to you know do something extreme like go to peru or do the 10-day meditation hopefully they can maybe even just take this time and maybe imagine what their life either could be like ideally and then having that be enough to be inspired to do it or imagining how bad their life could be or what it's going to be like if they continue on their path today. If you guys imagine what your life is going to look like a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now, if you don't change anything, if you guys are unhappy with that outcome, you know, whether it's fitness related, uh, life, you know, relationship, you know, health, uh, business related, if you can imagine what it's going to be like a year from now, if you're going down the same path and you're not happy with the result, you can start making the changes today and not have to hit the rock bottom or not even have to, you know, even have that external, uh, that force. And, you know, I love going to conferences because I get inspired. You know, I, I spent a lot of money to go to Tony Robbins date with destiny and that helped me tremendously. You know, it was $5,000, which is really expensive. But for me, 
it was really well spent. It, it it gave me a lot of the the tools that I needed to bring my life forward. But a lot of people that I met there, they basically became addicted to the next step. They're like, okay, I'm gonna you know come back every single year to do the program program again, or I'm gonna now spend you know even more money to do the next level seminar. And I'm looking around thinking. Why? Like he just gave us everything we needed. Now we got to go do the work. He like literally gave us the outline. You know, he's like, like imagine it's it's like the personal trainer thing. I think it's a very good use of money to get a personal trainer when you're a complete beginner to show you the basics so you don't hurt yourself and so you have some kind of good plan. But then you're right about you know that addiction of saying, okay, now I need to. If I don't have this trainer, I can't work out on my own. Like, no, that's nonsense, right? You know, or I need the monthly or you know quarterly conference just to get inspired. Like, no, it's nice to do it once in a while to you know because it's first it's fun it reinvigorates you you're going to meet some really amazing people but we also need to realize it's not something we need and you know especially not more than once a year once every two years once every four years or whatever it is we should be able to get the tools from that do all the work that that was laid out during that personal training session or the the business uh, conference actually do the work come back again in a year or two or three years from now and say okay i did all that like what's what's the next step yeah i think a lot of people are just avoiding the uh the uncomfortableness you know the uncomfortableness of trying something they're not good at learning new things you know they're uncomfortable with failing and and i think it's just you know once they once they realize that it's okay it's okay to fail it's okay to be uncomfortable it's there's a good chance i'm gonna expect to um, to suck at something that I'm new at, it's okay. You know, once they're okay with that fact, they can accept it when those type of results come. And if then the results don't come like that, and they actually do well, okay, cool. Then everything is gravy. But when it does happen, and they and they, you know, they're running into struggles. You know, everybody does when they first start in something. You know, it's no big deal. I think they're just expecting it. But I think a lot of people when they they lack like that self confidence. You know, they lack that self belief that they can handle it. It's going to be too tough. I need to be more prepared. You know, it's going to be too treacherous. You know, I'm not going to know enough. Well, you may not know everything. You 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 know, you don't know everything, but you are. You do know things. Use what you know. And they go, well, I don't know the right moves. Well, just make up the moves as you go. Well, what if I don't do it right? Well, then you fail. Then you just get up and you do it again. And, you know, like when I was when I was building my company, you know, six pack before, like I didn't know how to do so much stuff. I was just literally like I was building departments that I never even heard of, didn't know they even existed. I don't know what's the first thing needed to run these departments. It was simply just something needed to happen in the business. And then I was like, okay, so I need that person to constantly go into that thing and check this, check this, send a message there, and then verify this and this. Okay, cool, let's hire that person, let's do that. And someone goes, oh yeah, we call it this department. Okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit what the name is. Let's just hire that person to do that thing, you know? <laughs> and later on, that turns into a department, and oh, right, it's a, it's a department that, uh, you know, corporate companies have, right? Okay, sure, that doesn't matter. It's just like, you know, a lot of times people can use their common sense and and still get things done. They don't need to know all the professional jargon and the, and the legalities that, that people feel, you know, that people, I think people just feel like everything needs to be a certain way. And I learned a long time ago, man, that rules are made up by people. 
You know, things are made up by people, and they're not actually smarter than other people. It's just that they made it up because they came before us. You know, I remember um, what's his name,、uh, Steve Jobs. You know, he he said uh, uh, he said something very similar. You know, he basically said, you know, a lot of people think that that these inventions, all this stuff, is made up by people who are smarter than them. When really, they're just made up by normal people, just like you and me. They just believe that they can do it. They just believe that they can do it, and they did. You know, and. And I really take that to heart, you know. I think when people just have that belief, they can do something, no matter if they've never done it before, you know. And they just keep moving forward, and then they're able to get more results because they'll end up learning more from experience than they do going to all these conferences, learning about, you know,、um, concepts and philosophies. But they never actually took the action. They don't know how it feels like. People actually end up. A lot of times, it's not about the planning. A lot of times, it's just about the amount of work that's that needs to get done. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people go, "Man, hey Johnny, have you ever have you thought about doing this?" Oh yeah, yeah, I thought about that. Why have you did it? Well, because I don't have time to do that because I'm here doing this. You know, it's like it's a lot of times it's not so much of the ideas. By the time someone gets to that phase to where somebody can't literally think of the next thing to do, you know, it's like right. Well, there's time for that, but most people aren't in that phase. They're just in the phase of needing to get work done. Which just involves doing it, and people spend so much time in the planning phase, trying to figure out what's the right thing to do, that they don't end up spending enough time doing it. They're still planning on the right thing to do. That's why it's just so important, you know, just to move forward, you know, and just do what it takes. I'm really glad you said that because I think that's such a vital, important part of the journey is just doing the work. You know, first having the belief that it's possible to do, and then second. Having the poss- the belief that you can do it, but then really just doing the work. And I, I I am glad though that in the beginning you did you know spend time you know and I think you are more empathetic and maybe compassionate towards people than I am because in my mind if someone doesn't do the work they're just lazy. <laughs> but you you are right when you said you know some people don't get started. Because they're so afraid of failure, or they're afraid they can't do it, or it's not going to work, and that's the the prevention. It's not that they're lazy, you know. I mean, maybe some people are, but for a lot of people, it's not that they're lazy. It's that they're so lost and afraid and not sure if it's going to work, so they don't even get started. So they're always searching for that next, you know, outside thing, that next magic shortcut, or the next, you know, the next outside influence. To kind of keep them motivated, but in reality, if they can just have the belief that it'll work, and then they start doing the work and they start seeing the results, that really is the magic formula. Yeah, and these people, I mean, they could end up spending so much time taking notes, organizing everything, creating all of these plans, which will show like they're willing to do something, but they're just not willing to take the next move. Instead of going forward, you know, they're just kind of going to the side. <laughs> you know, so.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, I also believe that, like, even if you're doing it not the best way, like, you know, maybe it's not the the most streamlined way. Just doing the work often gets you the results way better than people who overthink things and look for that perfect plan and not doing it. And and a good example in the fitness industry is like the bro science. They could be completely wrong about why something works. They're not doing it maybe the best way. You know, maybe it's not a very sustainable way, life like lifelong. But if someone you know really believes that having twenty raw eggs a day and you know benching、uh, you know three times your body weight you know、uh, and doing、uh, you know you know and, and they can have some weird stupid science that doesn't work behind it you know they're like yeah so every you know every day that begins with a T 
I'm going to do chess because the Tyrannosaurus did the, did chess on, on, on days that began with the T. And, and, you know, it could be completely BS, but as long as they believe it will work and then they do the work, they're probably going to end up in really good shape versus someone who knows all the science behind it, you know, studies it, but doesn't actually put in any of the, any of the effort. Yeah, that's, that's very true, man. It just reminded me of this, like, uh, this, this story. Oh man, I'm probably gonna mess this one up. It's a it's a story of like this uh, this yoga master. He goes to this island and he and he meets this man that's been uh, that's been stuck on this island for a long time. And he asks the man, it's like, well, what have you been doing all this time?" And the man's like, "Well, I've been uh, I came here and I've been practicing. You know, I've been practicing what my master taught me because I want to go and become enlightened." And and the and the guy. And the yoga master asked him, well, how long have you been practicing? He's like, I've been practicing for almost 20 years. He's like, oh, wow, show me what you've been doing. And the guy does, like, does his practice. And the yoga master says, wow, you've been this whole time. And the man's like, really? He's like, yeah, you know, you've been doing it wrong. Let me show you how to do it right. He shows him all this stuff. And the man's like, okay, thank you so much. From now on, I'm going to go ahead and do what you taught me because, you know, I want to do it right. And 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 the yoga master's like, okay, well, all right, well, I'm out. And then so he leaves. And then so he sails away. And then as he's leaving, you know, he travels a little bit. He turns around and he sees he sees this man running on water back to the onto to the boat to where he's at. And then the man gets to the boat and he goes, oh, man, thank God you didn't get too far. You forgot you left this there. And he gives him something that the man left. (laughs) And then he runs back. And so the story is like the guy thought he's doing it all wrong, but because he's been training for that long, he he can run on water now. He's like so badass. He's so good. And he didn't even care. He's like, oh, I've been doing it wrong. Okay, well, show me I do it right. Okay, cool. But the point is he's been training for that long. And even though he's been training that long, doing the wrong things, his, his progress was so amazing. And the yoga master realized that and was just like, oh, my God. And, um, yeah, so it's just, uh, it's a funny story. I remember, I remember reading it somewhere, but it just kind of shows, you know, same idea with bro science, you know, same idea, you know, so somebody can just take the action. They'll get more results doing the wrong action than they, than somebody who just doesn't do much action at all because they're bound to learn, you know, so it's the fastest way to learn. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, but I, it's, it's sad to me that there's so much misinformation out there on how to do something and you know maybe on one hand it's because it's complicated right and everybody's in a different stage and things are always changing and evolving and but at the same time as you kind of alluded to before unfortunately the things that we'll see that the things that people spend marketing dollars on are the things that make money and unfortunately that's supplements and that's um you know training programs that aren't designed maybe to teach you how to do it yourself but for you to just get addicted to staying with them you know forever i wish that there was a clear formula for everybody to go out there and you know it's not that it has to be free because i I don't think anyone needs to you know like like it'd be unfair you know to say like you know like hey you know you guys need us need to create everything like the perfect program and just put it out there for free because people don't have time to do that you know they have their own lives to live you know the production value like it costs money to create stuff costs time to make stuff and but i do wish that with everything out there fitness diet exercise business spirituality all that there was kind of a balance where you know someone could either pay like a one time thing and know it actually works or you know have it be you know have it be something where there isn't the bs involved behind it just you know what i'm saying yeah just have a have have more integrity you know 
I think um, I think when people have more integrity and they're creating things that are giving people as much value as possible, I think the first thought is, well, if I if I create something that's so valuable, how am I going to make more money? How am I going to receive more? But the thing is, like, look at our industry, man. Like, look at the world. It's evolving so much. There are things that people are selling now. There are products that are coming out that are so different than than what it was just five years ago, and it constantly evolves. You know, things that people get into from digital courses to physical products. There's so many things, and it constantly evolves based on based on how our world is changing. So opportunities are constantly coming, and I think when people start to sell products, when they start to create products with the integrity that I'm going to give the best value, and they do. Then, when they're wanting to make more money, they just look at other opportunities. Other opportunities starts to unfold, you know. And it may not, and they may not know how it's going to unfold. But that's where the magic happens. They get to unattach themselves to what the what their expectation of how their business is going to evolve, and let the and let the business evolve naturally. You know, a lot of like you know like like you know about like the whole thing with like TikTok, right? Like TikTok before that, it was like another company. It was like another name. And they tried this new thing, it didn't work, and they eventually it became to where TikTok is now, you know? And it's like, so many companies, they, it's like the same thing like Amazon, you know? Amazon selling books. Did they really think I'm gonna go ahead and become this huge online company selling everything? It's like, you just, you just kinda let things evolve over time, and without having to grasp onto everything, you know? Because things will constantly evolve, just provide value for what it is that you're doing right now at this very moment. Customers will appreciate it, the brand will establish. People create a positive association to your company and what you're doing, and naturally, you'll see where the demand goes. You'll see what people are wanting. There will be something else that will start to continuously go. The idea that I need to I need to limit my value and limit what it is that I'm delivering because I'm afraid that I won't have any more value to give or that I won't have anything else to sell. It's kind of silly when we think about it. You know, it's just silly. There's just infinite amount of value that people can create. People are making up products all the time on so many levels, you know, from fitness to e-commerce to anything. It's like positions. Positions are being are being made. Why? Because every time when a new app comes out, you know, there's like people are, are, are need to learn how to use it. And then now when people know how to use it, they become an expert at doing this, expert at doing that. They can teach other people how to use this app. You know, a new software come out. They can teach people how to use this software. It's like jobs are constantly being created. Everything is constantly happening. And it just takes somebody to to let go of the fear and let go of it and just kind of look at things. That's what we were talking about earlier. When somebody lets go of the judgment, they just start to look at things. They'll start to see the opportunities. But when people get really fixated on their judgments, they get really fixated on their goals and they hold on to it and they grasp onto it and they aren't able to detach, they literally are blinded by what's in front of them. They can't see past the framework that they create. And so the people that are doing the, that are doing the best, young people, this is the difference between young people and old people. We, fit, we imagine older people are smarter because they've been around longer, but at the same time, they also have more permanent frameworks of this is the way to do something because this is the way we've always done it. While the young people coming in going, cool, here's what's going on. All right, so how can I do it? Infinite amount of ways. And suddenly they create ideas that are infinitely better and more innovative, and they can pass up the old people just really quickly. But for us people... I don't think you and I are old, but for people that have been around a little longer, all we have to do is just let go of frameworks, let go of the judgments, let go of the walls, and realize there's infinite amount of possibilities. That combined with our experience and knowledge is how we're able to constantly progress, you know? 
I love it, Mike. Mike, bro, I'm so happy we caught up on this. I'm so glad we recorded this because I think the life experience that we've had business-wise, happiness-wise, spirituality, mindfulness is really going to hopefully help guide a lot of people listening to this on the right path. So they don't have to make the same mistakes that we've made. They don't have to you know, spin the wheels, wasting a lot of time. They can just hopefully not have to hit rock bottom or not have to you know, do all the experiments that we've done to be able to find, you know, th- th- their, their path. So I'm so glad that we caught up. You know, we've both grown so much since we've last spoke, but especially since we first met. You know, I'm so glad that you're you're out there. I'm so glad that you're creating content and sharing this with everybody. I really love you, buddy. And I, I'm really, really happy uh, t- to have connected with you. Uh, thanks, Johnny. I am too, man. And thank you for inviting me and allowing me to share this with the people, man. I'm really glad we got to catch up. Yeah, yeah, me as well. And I'm really happy that you have, you know, content out there. You, you know, you created something to help guide people on how they can achieve some of the same, you know, benefits uh, through Flow Tribe. Can, can you tell us about that real quick? Yeah, so Flow Tribe is basically like a, it's like an accountability, it's like an accountability partner. You know, people people join that. They get all these videos on how to do the training. They get all this philosophy and uh, mindsets and all this stuff. But the magic about it is that. They join a community where we have this accountability system set up. And it's so simple, so easy. You know, training all these years, I realized the most important thing is not that people don't know what to do. You can go onto any search engine of any video content place and you can type in workouts and there will be enough workouts to fill your day. But so it's not that. The fact is that people aren't motivated to go ahead and exercise. People aren't motivated to go ahead and do the mental practices. They're not motivated to get themselves to do it and they're not accountable to continuing it. And so I realized that's like the biggest challenge and so solving those two things. We motivate people to go ahead and get going and we keep them accountable. And it's through a really simple system. When they do their practice, all they do is send us a message. They send me a message saying that I did the practice. And then I tell them good job and they ask any questions, I answer it on the spot. And they are dependent on, and I'm depending on them to message. And they know that if they don't message, you're going to hear something from me. And so the people that aren't messaging after three or four days, I send a message, check up on them, you know? And simply, most of the time, I don't even need to do that. Simply after a few days, they'll come back and they go, man, I had a couple of rough days. I'm back because everybody's messaging and people don't want, they start to experience this FOMO. Oh man, you know, Johnny message day and Barbara message and Sarah message. I want to do my practice so I can message saying that I got it done too. And so it becomes this awesome community, you know, it's where everybody is positive. Everybody's encouraging. Everybody's giving these high fives over chat and things like that. And now people are actually doing the work. That's the most important thing is getting people to do the work. And that's where we are creating the success from. You know, it's not anything fancy, but it's very, very effective because I've been doing this now for a few years with different close friends and different groups, you know, to where I go ahead and tell people, hey, let's all jump on. I'll go ahead and keep you guys accountable. And I started realizing that simply by somebody knowing that somebody on the other end, other than themselves, is expecting them to go ahead and get their practice in, that that one thing is going to get them to do it even when they don't feel like doing it. And we have it to where they are, they have options to where if they aren't able to do a 60 minute practice, maybe because it's too long or they don't have the time, they can do a 30 minute or they can do a seven minute. Or I tell them, I was like, if you don't do that, I mean, hell, go ahead and do 10 push ups and then go ahead and just put on there 10 push ups done. Cool. It's not about what people are doing. 
because everybody's at a different fitness level. It's about establishing the habit of doing something every single day. You know, there's a lot of principles. I started realizing there's a lot of principles that we teach them while they're practicing that basically helps them let go of so many things, so many unnecessary pressures that people get when they're exercising. Things like self judgment, things like that, things like pushing a hundred percent. Like a line I tell people is that you know it's better to train 70% every day than to do 100% once in a while. And that's like the thing that a lot of people fall under. They go 100% and then they stop. And so they don't get results that way. They get results when they go 70%, but they do it every single day. It builds. So it's really awesome, you know, and and I really love it because it's a different, it's a, it's a very different approach than all the groups that I've seen. Everybody has these Facebook groups and this is nothing like it. You know, this is not, this is not, we're depending on people to kind of just sit there, send a couple posts, you know, this is like people are on there every single day. It's so active and people are actually getting results and they're sharing things that are really, really deep man. some really deep stuff because we built this container of safety to where people aren't judging. People are only either going to lift up, they're going to lift people up. They're going to share different things. And so I share a lot of personal things on there, you know, and it's just like this nice little tribe, you know, so I'm really, I'm really excited to where it's going to go because we just started about a month ago and we haven't done much marketing or nothing. I've been just keeping it small just so I can go ahead and establish the base versus a lot what normal people do is, okay, well, you know, if you don't have a lot of people in the back end, let's not worry about the product. Let's go worry about the traffic, worry about the conversion. I know all the, how, how all these how, how that works, you know, but instead I'm going to go and look at it and what can I do to, to be the most aligned with my own integrity. And I realized that's to make sure that I'm delivering what it is that I promise. And I'm way over delivering right now, just so I can go ahead and get that to be good. And then I'll focus on the conversion and the traffic and things like that, you know? So, yeah, so I'm really, really proud of it. Yeah. I love it. I love it, Mike. You know, I really believe that hits the, the, the two major pain points and why people don't, you know, don't get into a, a good routine is one, not knowing what to do. And the second, not being accountable to continue doing it. And this really hits both of them. So if people want to check it out, it's flowtribe.us. Is, is that the best way to, to, to check it out and reach uh, out? Yeah. Yeah. Flowtribe.us. Yep. I love it. Mike, so good to talk to you, buddy. Loved catching up. If you guys enjoyed this, please share it with a friend. I think the world can benefit from from hearing the knowledge that I shared in this episode. This was episode 248 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Screenshot it, send it to a friend, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Instagram, share it on your TikTok. <laughs> uh, I don't know if people share it, things like this on TikTok, but share it, share it somewhere. And, you know, go on iTunes, look for Travel Like a Boss podcast, leave us a five-star review so we can continue doing this show and more people can find it. Um, and, yeah, that's it. I love you guys for listening. And, Mike, I love you as a friend and also for all your wisdom and for your generosity of taking the time Thanks, to share Johnny. this. Thanks, Love you, brother. Thanks, buddy. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, How to Choose the Perfect Niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.